Hey, it's Travis. I wanted to take this moment to discuss our sponsor, BetterHelp. I used to think talking to a therapist was a sign of weakness until I started talking to one. It has really helped me limit the negative chatter that can infiltrate my brain. Therapy has helped me become a more insightful person, father, and husband. That's why I'm excited to tell you about BetterHelp. Their online platform makes finding a therapist incredibly easy. Fill out a brief questionnaire and you will be matched with a therapist in just a few days. Go to betterhelp.com forward slash thank you notes, betterhelp.com forward slash thank you notes, or click the link in my show notes. In doing so, you will be helping this show and you will receive 10% off your first month. If you aren't clicking with your therapist, if you're not getting a good vibe, BetterHelp will allow you to switch your therapist at any time with no additional cost. Online therapy is a game changer for me. I have such an erratic schedule. I work nights, weekends, late, early, holidays, you name it. Being able to video call my therapist from my phone in a call room, at work, or in my car, or whatever, it's extremely convenient for me and it allows me the time and the, the place to actually get my therapy in. So if you're struggling, if you need to talk to somebody, go to betterhelp.com forward slash thank you notes and they'll get you set up with somebody. This has been my thank you note to BetterHelp for supporting this show. Hi, my name is Travis, and this is the first episode of my show, Thank You Notes. The point of this podcast is to show the people around me a bit of gratitude in the form of a thank you note. My first guest, Ben Fu. He and I have been friends for over 20 years. He lives in Oklahoma with his wife and two daughters. He is an attorney, musician, Beatles fanatic, and an all-around great guy. He and I talk about his childhood, Oklahoma speech and debate in the late 90s, and a bunch of other stuff. He brought a beautiful thank you note for his high school debate coach, which resonated with me because of similar feelings I have for my own high school debate coach, Mrs. Rogers. So let's get to my talk with Ben. Thanks for listening. Oh, yeah. Do do what you got to do. All right. So uh, welcome. Not much, man. Welcome to the inaugural uh episode of my podcast oh wow yeah man no pressure i it's all on me but you know i slightly uh anxious about but i'm I'm happy to do it so uh thank you for coming on absolutely thanks for having me uh so i don't know the gist of this podcast was is to be is to uh, for everybody to write a thank you note, I've written one for you, and I've asked you to write one for somebody or someone that something that you think uh, deserves thanking. So, just want let's start off. Uh, did your parents make you write them when you got gifts when you were younger? You know, that's funny. Not really. Um, it's funny. You know, my parents were immigrants, Chinese immigrants, and there's a lot of um, ritual around like gift giving and stuff, but it was typically handled by them it's weird how many like adult aunties and uncles I know I never got introduced to them by their English names so I literally like don't don't even know a lot of their names even though they're people I've known for decades if that makes sense um and so it's a little more 
And um, this is not the common experience, I don't think. I think it's just my parents were almost 40 when they had me. So I don't know that they were giving a lot back and forth by the time my, my turn in the uh, hopper was happening. But yeah. um, there wasn't a lot of, no, they weren't really, they were big on different, it was weird. They were big on different etiquette things, but not thank you notes, which is probably to my detriment because it's a bad habit of mine. So what were the I'm other the other gratitude that you were saying, the etiquette things that, what, what did they stress then? Well, it was so, I was actually about not being offensive. So it was really more direct. Like, you know, it, they had a weird hang up about like never getting into other people's refrigerators when you, when you stayed there. I <laughs> always asked for permission. They always, and I don't think it was like an Asian thing. I think it was just, you know, my mom was both a little bit odd and Asian. Uh, but I think it was just, they, they, they were big on those things. Like don't offend people and don't, don't be over intrusive. Um, and I think they thought a lot of gestures, probably some of our friends did, were, you know, too forward. Like I said, they were, my mom was big on everyone taking their shoes off when they come to the house mm -hmm. kind of thing. And so there was, she, she had rules. And I think it's almost kind of her OCD, not necessarily the fact that she grew up in another culture or anything like that. I think that's her peculiar weirdness, which we all kind of have. So what, so what would happen if somebody came over and just immediately went into Mama Fu's fridge? Would there be yelling or no, no, she'd never invited over again? Or... Well, the best part, I, I think you've even been to this house way back in the day because we've known each other for so long. But, um, you know, her big thing is she's not okay with people standing and peeing into a commode. She's very anal retentive <laughs> about like splash. <laughs> and so on top of tell your friends to take their shoes off, there was a lot of, but put it this way, Trav, I didn't have a lot of people come over in high school because I wasn't comfortable with the whole, I'm going to tell my friends how to pee. It doesn't go over well. So, you know, these were their weird things. But then they do odd things like, you know, because like I said, I was their fourth kid. They were 40 when they had me. They were not that excited by the time, like, I, they were in their late 30s when they had me. But by the time, like, I was graduating from high school, they would ground me, but they'd leave the country for a month to go on a trip or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so it was real up and down. <laughs> I feel like I went to your house at some point. I, I do I do recall be, being in your mom's house one, one, maybe was, once. A it was long after freshman ago. year of college. It was after freshman year of college, or maybe it was during freshman year because it was you were home for Christmas. And possibly was it was it Nick, somebody from Kasha, you came over with you. Um but it was it was like yeah it was like a quick two hour visit or something i think that was, i remember you coming over the one time i figured it would be jeff or z because why else would we have been in bartlesville but i i don't know but i do remember I think it was after you and i were hanging out i think it was college i think it was yes. after we got to really know each other well so i mm -hmm. think you were back i think you were back i think it was before your parents had moved were they still no they were no when did no. they go to texas cuz my parents moved when i was like right oh, before you know my what? freshman year of high school or freshman year of college. Of your, it was one of your pilgrimages to uh, the Seven Oaks or something mm -hmm. like that. Probably. Probably so. Uh, so know, yeah. That's it. So I, I guess we can uh, we can start there. I, I don't know who's listening, but uh, they should probably know how, how you and I know each other. So how do you and I know each other, Ben Fu? Well, this was fun. This will tie into our, our note later. But um, mm -hmm. we first, I think, met each other. We were both little snotty kids in debate in high school. And I was from Bartlesville and you went to Casha Hall and the schools kind of interacted through tournaments because we'd spend every weekend in Tulsa. And I don't remember how, but it, I think like senior year, we ended up running into each other a bunch and we had a bunch of mutual friends. 
And so we kind of, we kind of knew each other and we talked and we were friendly, but then in college, uh, we reconnected pretty early on. We we're both in the same dorm at UT and like the only two people we knew. <laughs> so I'll stop and, you uh, there. I'll stop you there because that's actually not true. You and I were not in the same dorm at first because I distinctly remember the day I was walking from class, from a class back to back home. And I just randomly went, it ran into you. I didn't know you were going to UT. Oh, is that right? Yes. And I was like, oh, and I knew you. And oh my God, Ben Fu. And then that's how we started. I don't know if you remember my first college roommate, but he was this weird Satan worshiping computer guy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I spent most of my time at, at, at y'all's dorm, but mm -hmm. no, I didn't, I didn't live there. And then uh, I moved next door to you. Yes. Yeah. And so I, that was a that was a great time. I still remember mm -hmm. that freshman year. Like we ended up with a really random group of guys in a really weird annex dorm. Yes. You know, uh, but everyone was like kind of cool with each other. And by the end, at least of the the first year, I think everybody played guitar. <laughs> Pretty much, <laughs> like, except Ron. Except Ron. That's right. <laughs> so yeah, it was a really. I mean, that was crazy. Yeah, I think. At first, because we didn't talk that much, and then you, we ran each other at UT, and then just trying to socialize and hang out and find stuff to do. And I think I had some friends like Holly Sears, I remember from yes. Bartlesville, and we just kind of were cobbling together a group of people to hang out. But man, we had a lot of fun. I mean, yeah, we did. I mean, we're outside of statute of limitations, so I might have set a fire that I never got in trouble before. So that's good. That's it. That's I can confess that now. I have I'm well outside charging. I have photo evidence of you setting a fire. <laughs> it was a weird time, man. It, it's it interesting really was. because, you know, I, I was with my wife now. I was, mm -hmm. I was the long distance guy. So I was the guy in the hallway telling her, you know, you hang up first. So that whole thing was going on. Yeah. But at the same time, like once I went back to Oklahoma, you know, my college experience was a lot of her. So my freshman, I didn't really get back out and socialize again to law school, not seriously. And so like, I know, man. that freshman year was my first like big, last like huge contact with just like a bunch of guys and stuff. It was a good time. We well, had the, the you fortune the of other way. dating you the your wife. Dating your... Guys. Sorry, sorry, I cut you off. What did you say? That's okay. I said you went Greek, you went the opposite. I mean, you were all guys for a while there. Well, all after that semester, you and I, like ever that whole thing split up. Yeah. Like what the, the Davids went their own way. You went back to Oklahoma. Uh, Aaron moved on his, to his apartment off campus. And then, you know, I moved to just a single room somewhere and I was just like, well, I guess we got to, you know, start all over. And so I went and Man, I went to that, Greek life. Like, I didn't think about that. Yeah. Which had its own ups, trepidate. Well, the Greek stuff is, we don't need to get into <laughs> talking about statute of limitations so, so what, what prompted this what what's the uh what's the I, impetus the impetus for this is just uh, i you know kind of looked at my well number one I th i've always thought that i was pretty good at writing thank you notes and i you know i've kind of developed a little method and i and i and, you know, especially when you get married, like I, I just rip through those things. I can rip through them pretty quickly. And not to say that I don't put any thought behind them, but I, right, right. I, I just know the, the you know, a, a way to, to write a good one. And so, I you know, now I'm reaching middle age and 
you know, I'm starting to, you know, maybe, maybe I do need a little bit more gratitude in my life. So I, I thought maybe I could contact, you know, people from my life and then eventually, you know, Paul McCartney or Obama and just let people know sure, how grateful know. I you. am for them. So <laughs> that's awesome. From you ben to, Fu, are you going to share we'll your formula? Paul. Yes. Okay. Excellent. I, I'll, I'll share it. Well, you, I've, I've written one for you and you'll, you can see the formula and I tried to keep it kind of like the same size that it would be for like an actual thank you card, not sure. like a, a novel or something. So next, what do you make your kids write? Thank you notes. I guess I don't, I probably mm. should. <laughs> it is a dying art. But now you're making me think about it. No, I really don't. I do make them call and thank. I do make them absolutely express their gratitude. Mm -hmm. And and to their credit, they're both amazing artists. Mm. So frequently what I will do is if they receive like a gift, and especially if it's like, geez, you know, uh, I'll make, especially when they were younger, I'd make them draw a thank you note, which were pretty elaborate and pretty cool. But now they're kind of older, they get a little slower about it. But, you know, I've never actually had them sit down and commit to paper like, hey, thank you. And I will use this to do the following, et cetera, which is sort of the wedding gift. Thank you formula. I did. I think that's the most wedding, the most thank you notes I ever wrote, which is now like almost 20 years ago was for wedding gifts. You got to sit down. And, well, that and I, um, I ran for office a couple of years ago. So I did write thank you notes to everybody who was crazy enough to send me money. Mm. Uh, and that definitely got a little formulaic. Dear sir or madam, thank you for supporting. <laughs> Hopefully a little more personal mm -hmm. than that, but yeah. Um, That's the idea. All right. So why, why don't we get into our thank you notes? All righty. Do you, want, do you want, I can go first or do you want to go first? It's up to you. Um, it's, let me go first because I'm going to be real nervous about hearing you say nice things to me, but um you know, uh, this is kind of, it tracks back not only to what you and I were talking about, but to be frank with you, you've contacted me a couple of times and I keep kind of forgetting that we schedule a specific time for this actual conversation. Mm -hmm. So I was in the middle of talking about the person I was going to thank uh, when you reminded me 10 minutes ago, hey, are you still available? Uh, because, so the person I'm going to thank is Linda Shipley. She was my debate coach in high school. Um, and what's kind of ironic is my daughter, Sadie, is a sophomore and she's just now started debate at Booker T. Washington. Oh no. Oh yes. Mm -hmm. And in fact, she got kind of drafted. The, the coach, I guess, knew me. And so was like, saw her last year. Was like, why are you not in my class? You know? Um, and so it was interesting because she was asking me today because she's very competitive. So she was asking me well, why she asked me what was the debate like? Because I guess, again, he mentioned something about remembering, I, I don't know. But uh, she asked what it was like, and she knows, I think, very fondly of this teacher. And she just said, you know, why? What was so great? What did she tell you that, you know, was so amazing? I said, it's not really anything she told us. It was really more, I told her, I said, Sadie, you've got to understand how obnoxious people are. Anybody who's going to, you know, a debate coach, um, in order to teach kids, it's not just dealing with the same kids for four years, which is already rare. But, and it's usually a she, but he or she is spending basically every Friday and Saturday with these same obnoxious kids, you know, at tournaments on top of teaching a full slate of job, you know, a full job of like English classes and debate. And typically, you know, in Bartlesville, where I went to school, they weren't very supportive of the debate team, no matter how well she did. And so they spent, you know, years trying to chase her off. 
Um, and so I was explaining to my daughter, like, you're going to understand starting out there, that group of people who's willing to do that is already going to be interested in your success because they're already broken in that way, mm. you know, that they want to help. Right. And, and so I told her, then, then you, t- you add on to the fact, you know, she was very nurturing, not in the hugging everybody way, but in the, she pushed us and she was pretty short with us and she didn't really, uh, she didn't really take a lot of our BS, um, but she could throw it back. And what was great about it was she just wanted to encourage us to just keep trying. And so, she, you know, she asked, what's the formula? I was like, the formula, she just made us do it every day, over yeah. and over again. You know, and instead of telling us everything we should do, which is my worst habit when I teach, she kind of lets you find your own mistakes and because you're going to learn better from it. But, you know, and I'm learning this with daughters that you got to be patient enough to let them make those mistakes. It's really hard not to want not to want to step in and kind of tell them what to do. And so, you know, you contacted me about this and it's it's coincidental because I'm still a terrible student. She retired. She went from Bartlesville to Bishop Kelly. And she retired from Bishop Kelly last year. And right around the end of the year, I got a note from somebody saying, hey, we're putting together a collection of thank you notes. And I was totally going to do one. And I am an idiot. And I flaked and didn't get it done. Hmm. So this is tinged with a bit of guilt. Uh, and it's not to say I haven't spoken to her. I actually do speak with her. I try to speak with her. I'm not as regularly as I should. But I, I certainly talk to her more than any other teacher I've ever had. Uh, you know, and, and um, she's moved recently, but I, I mean, you know, like I said, I've, I've had lunch with her. Actually, you'd be funny. Um, some people, you know, Amy Lavoie and Susie Wilson were here a couple of, uh, Susie moved back to Tulsa a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. but we ended up all having lunch together before Amy moved. Uh, so it's just, it's funny because like, you know how impactful somebody is. It's not like we were four students she's had throughout her life. We were four people from the same grade. You know, these people are reaching back every year. Because, you know, as I get older, it's, it's every year, it's more, it's more obvious the impact because four years for a high schooler, that's, that's literally all of your life at that point. Oh, and those are four uh, like crucial years. Crucial. And it goes and, from know, like 13 so, to 17, those, which. <laughs> yeah. You're a different creature by the end. Mm-hmm. And it's so formative. And, you know, she, she was there at a time when it was like, if you're not good at something, which a lot of teenage boys are not good at things. Yeah, and you feel you know every 15 year old boy is mad at the world i feel really bad for the ones who have reasons you know the ones who've lost parents mm-hmm. or the ones who who are dealing with stuff um you know that's just all that misdirected rage ready to point at something for a reason and that's even more scary and i think just having an outlet to succeed at something it's funny right i i know i i know why people bemoan participation trophies but i also get the sentiment behind it and if you can convince somebody that effort pays out, it's amazing what they can do. And but you don't ever want to buy it. You never want to have the participation trophy. So debate was one of the first times like you could be a wise ass and get you know ranked for it. Uh, yeah, and it's not only that. Like you take that fifteen-year-old boy that's mad at the world. Now you stick them in a van on Friday and Saturday nights, driving to all corners of Oklahoma. <laughs> to getting getting them to, to talk about esoteric philosophical concepts and then right. you're spending the night in some motel six in ponca city <laughs> and then driving them back on sunday morning like while, while, while let's be honest like it was the 90s but like while they're like sharing porn or sneaking out and drinking <clears throat> beer and doing all manner of bs that you know you have to watch them for as well yeah you know so she, that, that's she, that's what these debate teachers went through because <laughs> 
on top of teaching in the American public school system, they yes. do this as well. Yes. You know, in no, fact, I actually, like not, go ahead. Well, not to get too soapboxy, but I was really looking for, there was another person you and I debated against named Meredith Deaton, who, I don't know if you've heard that name in years or if you even remember, but she was very good. But she was a teacher at Booker T. Washington. And she was the debate coach until Sadie was a seventh grader. So I was really looking forward to her having that connection because I I've told her from the beginning I'd like her to do this because of the skill set she might get from. Mm-hmm. But Meredith left Sadie's eighth grade year to Texas because of pay issues. You know, yeah, it's regrettable how hard it is already to be a teacher, and then like you know people, I don't know that that frustrated me because I know that the two of them would have enjoyed each other very much. Um, I I like do that. remember her vaguely like briefly i don't have any sure. memories but i do remember she's and it doesn't surprise me that she became a debate teacher but exactly and, <laughs> and i do want to say i do i had a few interactions with miss shipley back in the day and she was always very nice to me and she didn't put up with any bs that we were going whatever we were doing she came to the cash tournament and helped us run it and me and some of my friends were, were being jackasses and she quickly put us in our place but she was she was always very nice and she was always very always had very good constructive feedback when i she would be my debate judge so i i enjoyed having her around well and think about how many how much what kind of jackasses we were i mean they let us have a lot of fun Mm -hmm. they really did and they let a bunch of geeky kids really feel kind of safe to kind of express themselves which is really important so do you want to read your note now sure it's a little longer it's a little longer than the thank you card but it's not a novel so hopefully it gets this in it so i i took it from the angle of she i know she had a book so hopefully i can polish this up a little bit more to give to her but Mm -hmm. um mrs shipley i said i wanted to begin by first apologizing what i have to say is both long overdue and insufficient but thank you you poured your life and countless weekends into a bunch of kids who quite clearly will never thank you enough looking back I realized how significant it was to have a safe place to grow and develop confidence while testing out new ideas for four very crucial years in high school. Success in debate gave me confidence in myself at a time when I was confident about when I was not confident about the rest of my life. Those four years also taught me patience and the value of developing a skill. It gave me the confidence to try new things. Throughout college and law school, I relied heavily on speech and debate, and I can't count the number of times the number of projects I got to avoid doing heavy work on because no one else wanted to, be, to present for the group. And as a trial attorney, and even as a candidate for public office, I still find myself every day relying on those same basic ideas you taught me as a freshman. But any technical skills I learned are far overshadowed by what I learned from you about being a good person. You taught me the value in contributing to the success of others and to approach new challenges with an open mind, but a critical eye. You have left an indelible mark on me that has and will continue to color and enhance every aspect of my life. Thank you. Good. Makes me think a lot about my debate coach. She was awesome too, Mr. She Rogers. Was awesome. Mrs. Raj. <laughs> when it's it's harder now because mm-hmm. we think we're so clever and we think we're so funny when we were that age. But they must have. I mean, I know they saw it. So God bless them. But they were able to see through all of the really obnoxious, smelly, loud parts too. So yeah, it makes the world go around. That's very nice. Uh, yeah, it's it's. I hadn't thought about Miss Shipley in a while, and I'm I'm glad you're still in touch with her. And that's so. Are you gonna are you gonna be able to get that note to her? Or yeah, I think I reading it out loud. I gotta clean it up a little bit, but I need to, and I needed mm-hmm. to do it a year ago. So I'm gonna make an effort to do it for sure. 
and I have, I've certainly told her thank you a bunch because yeah. it's funny. It, and it's every time I'm reminded of something else. So that's really the, the impressive part is that you, it is just four years, but it comes up every day. I mean, almost any professional success I have, she, it can be traced right back to her. That's yeah. pretty insane when you think about it. Cause I did go on to be an attorney, you know, um, I, I sure I did some public speaking, but like in college, uh, I didn't really do a lot of like debate style stuff. And ironically in law school, I didn't do a lot. There was moot court, but otherwise. And then I was a clerk um, for a judge for a couple of years, which is very academic, but not very on your feet oral argument based. And then I switched over just to get some experience. I ended up in the prosecutor's office. And oh my gosh, like, I mean, then suddenly I'm involved in murder cases and rape cases. And while I'm learning the law and I'm learning the rules, I spent zero time trying to figure out how to talk to 40 people at mm -hmm. once, you know, and it was just people, you can tell, you can tell the debaters that end up in trial. Um, and it, it's amazing because it's obviously, it's a completely different format. It's a completely different concept. But ultimately, it's just about effectively communicating. And, and, you know, the trick that really good public speakers have that they teach, at least, is, you know, somehow looking like there are no rules. You know, there may yeah. be a time limit to the speech, but it doesn't end in a way that somebody goes, oh, that's my time. It's, it's doing it effortlessly. And so that has always translated. Yeah, it, it, it became clear to me when I was in probably my mid twenties and med school and all the, that I, just the benefits that I got from doing speech and debate in high school, like it's public speaking was never really a problem. I was never nervous to get up in front of people, but the big thing was, is I could come up with what I wanted to say, hit the beats out, and then I could be ready to go in just a few minutes. I didn't, I didn't really need a whole lot of prep. I could organize my thoughts and just, you know, grip it and rip it. And exactly. that's, that was exactly from the, the speech and debate. And, you know, maybe it's hard to tell a 17 or 15 year old boy that like, this is going to be a skill that, you know, you're going to be using for the rest of your life. And it's going to make you, make you stand well, out in a positive way. And so that is the magic trick that Linda Shipley and, and Rogers and these, these special people in the world do, because they manage to tie the short-term benefit to such a long-term skill, right? It's just little pins and trophies. And it wasn't, it, I don't want to sound trivial. It wasn't like, you know, accomplishment trophies. It was just, it was set up in a format to where we were focused on competing and we were focused on breaks and rounds, never realizing, you know, that we're developing actual talents in the background. And then, you know, I'm stepping away from it in college and realizing like, oh, because, you know, I'd go back uh, to judge, you go help, mm -hmm. you know, if you can. And you'd watch these high school kids. You're like, why are they fighting and arguing about this? Makes no sense. <laughs> and you realize, what have I been doing? And she kind of chuckled at me. I talked to her about that once in college. And then years later, I was doing it again as a lawyer, actually. And I, I'm coming around the other way. Like you got to let them fight it out, <laughs> you know? And it's just, you're yeah. watching. Cause I, at that point, I'm older than she was when she started teaching me, you know? And it's Ooh. just this crazy thing of like, she's, you know, it, it's not just being older than us and it's not just being aware. Some people just have that ability. And I don't know if the world will ever thank her for it, but I mean, like the number of federal clerks, Ivy League graduates, like she, when she started the program in Bartlesville, she had zero people had ever qualified for nationals from Bartlesville. Mm -hmm. I was the 
third person she ever had qualify for debate for nationals. By the time I was in college, she had people winning the national tournament. Wow. You know, and, and that just kept going. Like even the boy's little brother, he was second. She had somebody at number 10 and number two at nationals. And then for years, it kept going. She'd have people on the top, whatever. You know, like it just got to where it was crazy when Bartlesville ditched her. She was like on top of nationally, she was being looked at by lots of people, but Bartlesville's cutting funding. She goes on to Bishop Kell. It's crazy to me, but it happened. I didn't know you went to nationals. Did you go for debate? I did. I went with uh, Zeke and with uh, Matt. I went, let's see. (laughs) <laughs> that's how we got really tight junior mm. year. I went and I can't remember what they went in, but I remember Zeke took the spot. I think our senior year and I didn't it was something like that. Uh-huh. Um, and I went in like Senate or Congress or something, but I went to two nationals with those assholes. It was great. Mm. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, I went two years. I went, I went in a debate and I want to say like duo interp because I subbed in for a friend of mine in a in an acting duo where the other guy was doing all the heavy heavy lifting a guy named Wes Sharpton mm-hmm. and I was just sort of like there to be the straight guy so he carried me all the way to nationals wow and then yeah no, I didn't know that. That's... but and, and to respond to it I totally got Miyagi'd because I you know I'd just been doing all this stuff for four years and then <laughs> Miyagi'd I love it all of a sudden i re- i'm making you know I'm, I'm standing up in these classes giving these speeches like what what are you doing like who is this guy right like, well, and they're what looking I've been... like how do you know how to do this like what do you mm-hmm. mean you just wax the car yeah. what do you mean? <laughs> yeah. that's great all right i wrote you a little little note ben Fu. this is uh it starts off ben thank you for taking the time to teach me to play guitar although i don't play much anymore i still enjoy it And to be honest, it was a much-needed likability crutch I shamelessly exploited with the ladies throughout my young adulthood. (laughs) Thanks for decades of friendship and always being there. Your pal, Travis. Thanks, man. Yeah. You know, I I taught my best friend in in high school guitar just because he wanted to learn. And, like, I think you were the second person, like, hey, can you show me how to do that? And you took off. And you took off with it, you know. And um, when I got out of college i started working i was clerking and one of my clerks you know we traded she she and her husband babysit sat our kid and i taught her 10 year old guitar mm, i think and you told he, me about that and he's even i mean trav he's so much better than i was at that age you know he's he's phenomenal and then like i have tried to keep a steady stream of students just somebody's kid i don't charge because i'm not worth it and i cancel enough it doesn't matter but mm-hmm. i always try to keep a steady rotation in fact amy lavoie's kid was one of my students for a while until they moved to texas and so i always try to keep it up because it's really interesting to see for me it makes me kind of try new things and listen and try to work on teaching because i've gotten slightly better at it, i hope but um, you know, obviously for them, a lot, it's the same thing that I'm trying, I guess. I guess I did learn this from, from Shipley. It's just that idea of like, if you can teach somebody working at something pays off, then it, because that was the other part. I'm, I'm rambling, but like debate was a big thing for my self-confidence and guitar was a huge thing for my self-confidence because every kid thinks they're Jimi Hendrix after a week of playing, you know, but that sometimes is a boost they need. Um, and so I, I do try to teach. And now my little debate kid, you should hear her, Travis. She sings and plays. Uh, she plays bass. But she picked it up in April. And now I've been playing with her once a week with some other guys. You know, and she's just, I mean, she can cruise with the adults. 
she's she's so good at this already and she's not drumming fact, anymore right she's not drumming anymore uh and in fact brendan the kid i taught guitar he's one of the other people who plays with us now so it's 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 a really nice now i'm old enough i guess it's full circle i'm the dude in the dad band but like it's people who i've come up with or have taught it's crazy and it's it's kind of funny his name is brendan so it's kind of funny because it's there's four of us playing and I'm usually telling people or helping them like arrange or play this chord or that chord. Mm-hmm. So sometimes there'll be ticks that come out and you can see his PTSD come out. It's like, I know what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't have the patience to teach somebody how to play guitar. I, I couldn't do it. It's, I don't it's, know how, I don't know how you do it, but sometimes I don't either, to be honest with you. It's crazy to me. Like I've learned young kids these days have, it's weird. I've run into some kids with weird fingers who can't, who can't play. It surprised mm-hmm. me. I've had to learn. See, because like I said, you were the second person I taught up until, and, and when I learned with Brendan and I taught him for years, he was my only student, but he started already knowing how to play a couple of chords. Getting them brand new, it's been a real challenge teaching kids. And, and, and here's the craziest thing. The hook for guitar when we were coming up was, I want to play this song. Like yours was Dave Matthews, right? But everyone has something. Obviously mine was like a lot of Oasis songs, right? Yeah. But like you Nobody have to play guitar like, anymore. Well, no, it's ironic, actually, if you look to more people play guitar now than ever. Um, in fact, during the pandemic, um, sales went insane. Well, that's, yeah, I, I, that's, I shouldn't, it's, rock has gotten so low in the charts and hip hop has taken over. There's less of that, I, I'd see that that's driving less people to. But as I get older, right, like if you listen to Kendrick Lamar's Pimp a Butterfly, mm-hmm. there's some really great guitar work on that album. Now that's not what I would turn to. The really, really great guitar work right now is in like Nashville, but I loathe a lot of bro country music. So while it's got great guitar work, it's kind of hard to listen to the rest. Of it. You know, but um, I think obvious a lot of it too is just how how siloed we all are. Because you know, Sadie's a sophomore, and kids are getting into every other decade, every other week. You know, so what's I think what's interesting is a lot of what they're pulling from now. It's just very diverse. One year, one mm-hmm. week, Stranger Things is on Netflix, and suddenly everyone's listening to eighties music. You know, that's really big in guitar right now. John Mayer is doing a bunch of eighties sounding stuff, and a bunch of other people are too. So, I don't know. It's kind of interesting. What's old is new, but there's always because of the internet, there's always a group. You know what I mean? Like, if, oh, if yeah. you need a, a death metal flat earth neo-nazi band have i got the group for you exactly <laughs> like this wasn't this wasn't going to be happening 30 years ago when to appeal you had to be david bowie I'm like i get or the beatles like i get it you know but at the same time it's funny because you know, my daughter is steeped in all of this stuff and you haven't caught up with her in a while but like travis she's such a product of my wife and me that her thing right now is patty boyd harrison what she's really into <laughs> patty boyd and like her fashion and like digging up obscure stuff on 60s mod fashion right and like she has shown us different trivia about the beatles that i had no vague knowledge of like she has gone right down the deep end she's shown us she's pulling out music from the 60s and the 70s that i've never heard that's like this is crazy where are you coming from like she's going down the well which is pretty great to see because it's like she has a very refined ear already well, you I know. didn't know Patty had a, a fan base. I know she wrote a book a few years she ago. She wrote a book, which my daughter refuses to buy because she goes, then I'll have, it's like cheating. I'll have it all in one place. I want to find it all. I'm like, I don't even understand what that means, but what? she's oh very- Oh gosh. <laughs> but like, I'll give you an example. Now I never knew this, but if you look up pictures of their wedding, 
you can see pictures of a completely hammered Paul McCartney in every shot that he's in. There's like three of them. I've um, seen some of those pictures. If you go on some you, of the Beatles subreddits. Yes. And like, so she, she was telling us all the stories. She's like, this is what happened here. She's gotten to where she can kind of, it, it's pretty, it's pretty insane. Like when Get Back came out, the, the documentary came out and we were watching it. And there was a comment about, she was upset because there is no Patty. You know, and the reason why is because she knows they they had a fight on a specific day. <laughs> like she's very specific about it. Wow. And at the same time, like, can play and sing "Day Tripper" on the bass, all of Paul's parts at the same time. Like, okay, all right, she's legit. Mm-hmm. And she's running into it now because she'll wear a, like a let. She's not like wear it on her sleeve or draw up her notebooks, but she'll wear like a Bowie T-shirt or something. So she was wearing. She had a Zeppelin T-shirt on, and she's like, every time I wear this shirt somebody asked me if i even listen to the band you know and it's oh, I funny because it. i can't it's just going to be fun her name is sadie lennon foo somebody someday is going to door keep her on some beetles it's going to be a weird day for that person i think wow yeah your kids are i don't i don't even know what what i would use to describe your kids just sav- well, savantic I mean, <laughs> is that a word they love their music though. And I've got like the youngest is singing a lot too. And mm-hmm. I just started her with a piano teacher who's going to teach her how to sing and play. It's a, she's a performer and so she's a player singer. So, hey man, my goal at breeding my own dad band is we're now into phase three. Mm-hmm. So. Maybe you and uh, Jess can start a podcast like how to raise the most impressive children ever. I think if you ask those kids, they're going to tell you maybe don't take our advice. Uh, oh. They're still teenagers, so we'll see. Mm-hmm. all right ben Fu. this has been fun uh thank you so then you know I, i'm so appreciative for you for so much more than guitar but that's just i think you know what i chose <laughs> well, thanks right. for so, thanks for thinking of me man and for yeah. the, the for the inaugural launch i appreciate, I appreciate it voice. now uh, i get to luck. teach myself how to edit and uh we'll see when this drops well and you should post the uh in the comments you should post trav's guides to thank you notes and give us the structure uh i will do that Maybe that'll, All right, that'll man. be a supplement episode. Yeah, right. That'll be for your Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, All right brother. Thank you very Talk much. You Take care. Bye. Well, I did it. Episode one in the books. Thanks again to Ben Fu for taking time to talk to me. Every time I talk to him, I always think to myself that I don't talk to him enough. My note did seem a little shallow compared to his. I am all about expressing gratitude for anything, no matter the size or intensity. But come on, Travis, dig a little deeper. I'm going to use the beginner's excuse this one time. But Ben, thank you for being a friend. Thank you for exposing me to deep-cut Oasis gems. And thank you especially for being a great example of showing the people you love that you love them. All right, please follow the show on Instagram, at thankyounotespod.com. Email me thank you notes. The email address is thankyounotespod at gmail.com. I might read some of those on a future episode. Gonna get to work on episode two. Thanks for listening.